step into the sin bin. This is Penalty Box Radio. Three-time Best Sports Blog winner. With Justin Bradford. Two-time Toasted Music City Best Sports Reporter. And Glenn Blackwell. Brought to you by E610 Athletes. It's time to talk all things hockey in the Music City. Penalty Box Radio is on. Smashville's Best Sports Talk. ESPN. 102.5 The Game. Hello and welcome to Penalty Box Radio, powered by E610 Athletes. Justin Bradford, Glenn Blackwell, Buck rising behind the glass, and it is a rainy, stormy evening in Nashville. But hey, we made it to the studio, and we were on time, Mr. Johansson. So, pardon Glenn as well. She's battling some voice voice problems here. Probably screaming too hard at the hockey game is what I'm thinking, you know, when, yeah. when the power play finally got a goal. First and 35 tries, a power play score, so Glenn just loses her voice. I think that's how it went. That was, that's basically it. So <laughs> I'm going to try now. <laughs> She's here. She's going to try. Oh, my God. <laughs> yes, Buck, that is her voice. Buck. <laughs> I didn't hear her when she came into the studio. I didn't <laughs> That's tremendous for radio. That is, that is so tremendous. But she's here. She's going to battle through it and do everything she can. So we have a great loaded show. Obviously, there, no news happened today. There's zero Predators related news. So we're just going to jump right to everything else. And hey, trade deadline. Now, National Predators will one 5-2 victory over the Arizona Coyotes, something they desperately needed, just given the fact that the Coyotes were struggling from injuries and everything else. There was zero excuse to lose that game. And, hey, they came out and they dominated. At one point, I think the Corsi, which is just the total amount of shots taken, Predators were out coursing them 51-17, to which is just insane when you think about it. And there goes the the broadcast signals there. So sorry, folks, if you get interrupted during the broadcast. But make sure you stay safe out there during all this as well. If you need to get to high ground, get to high ground, safe place. You get to safe place during emergency weather. So please make sure you are taking care of what you need to first. We are secondary compared to your safety. But the National Predators score on the power play. Philip Forsberg, of course, it's going to be Philip Forsberg that scores on the power play to finally break things through because it had been so long. It is insane. The power play finally getting through there. But let's focus on the big news that happened today that kind of broke. Uncle Bob, of course, Bob McKenzie of TSN, said the, said the Predators were working on a trade and with the New Jersey Devils, and that Brian Boyle was going to be involved. Well, that broke through, and then finally, boom, it happened. Brian Boyle for a second-round pick of this year's draft. So, Glenn, real quick with, with your voice, what is what is your initial reaction for this trade? I think initially it was a thinking like a second-round pick, everybody's laughing at me, um, was a little bit high, but then you think about they have a very specific reason for bringing Brian Boyle onto this team. I mean, he is a net front presence. He's going to be that big body. I mean, this guy is as tall as Pecorine. And if you put him in front of the net, he's going to make something happen. And that's where the Predators really need that. They need it on the power play. He's fantastic on the penalty kill. So there's a definite need for him. So I think all in all, on the ice, it was I think it's going to be a good addition. Um, I know in the locker room as well, I mean, he's a very resilient person. And you can't argue with resiliency in the locker room. He's got a story. Um, he overcame cancer and still continues to play in the NHL. So mm-hmm. it's 
he's there's a lot to him. He's got a lot of character. Um, and so I think overall, I think it was pretty positive. No, absolutely. So you said tallest pecorino. Yeah. Brian Bull is 6'6 six, six and 245 pounds. That was actually Andres Limbach, 6'6. Six, six. Oh, sorry. Pekka is 6'5. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, I had okay. it wrong. There we mm-hmm. go. 6'6, six, six, 245. You're not going to easily move him. <laughs> and that's what you want when the net front presence. Now, all that is to say, you have a net front presence. Well, the, strate- the strategy, the strategy better be getting him to the net front as well. Whether it's on the power play or not, is the strategy has to be you have to park somebody in front of the goalie. That's what's been the issue so much this season. Is that yeah, you might have the talent out there, you have the right lines, you have the right combination of players, but they're still not going to the net and making causing havoc in front of the goaltender and creating rebound opportunities and make taking away his eyes or everything. Well, Brian Boyle, you put him in front of most goaltenders, he's going to take away their eyes. Make sure you utilize him in that manner to where he can take away the eyes. It's not just putting him in the slot somewhere and expecting to get it to him. No, he's got to park it right in front of the goalie and move with him and good luck trying to move him because you're not. And then he has six power play goals on this season. That, would, that leads the Preds already. <laughs> Six power play goals like leads said, to present power play goals. They there's a in. reason. So uh, overall, I really like this as that as that move to get him there because he's going to be a bottom six forward, but he's going to contribute in the ways that they needed as well in terms of that size, in terms of being in, laying out hits, uh, a lot of those things in special teams, and that's what's really important, and that's what the Predators did need. Now, are there still more needs? Yes, yes, of course. They still need another scoring winger as well. And I still would like to see them solidify the third pairing as well on defense. But this is the first move, and then you had Cody McLeod come in, and now. Initial reaction, I think a lot of people saw my tweet of just K, but the initial reaction was curiosity because we didn't know why. Well, when David Poyle addressed the media earlier this afternoon, it came out that Zach Ronaldo was having season-ending surgery on his shoulder. Well, that that makes sense now of why seventh-round pick of 2020, not even this year, but a 2020 seventh-round pick for Cody McLeod to come in. People are like, well, why couldn't you just give him a waiver? Well, the Rangers weren't going to waive him. So they get him back just to fill that role for certain situations. Now, if, if you're having to play Cody McLeod in back-to-back games and things like that, I think there are other issues going on. But I think against certain teams that you know will be extra physical, yep. a Western Conference opponent, things like that, Cody McLeod there, you put him out there for five, six minutes, let him bang some bodies. And a positive, he knows the system. He does. So. He's good in the locker room. I mean, the players, we mentioned it too. And, and that's where I'll give credit to the players and, and what they wanted and what they wanted in the locker room too is his presence, just the positivity that they say he brings and things that we don't see, that no one – outside of the locker room, outside of the Predators organization, knows about they wanted him, and they were sad to see him go. And I think that was the big difference right there is they were sad to see him go. They wanted his presence in the locker room. They said he's an extremely hilarious guy. He knows how to be a leader and how to be positive in situations when there's a loss or things like that. So I'm okay with it being a seventh-round pick. Uh, That's not one of those moves that's going to make or break the season. I think it's just one of those things that, okay, you put him out there for a little bit of extra protection. If somebody wants to get a little nippy out there, then boom, you send out McLeod. Okay. Good with that. So Brian Boyle, the bigger one though, and I, I really do like that move. And I'll admit, I did not think this was gonna. I did not think Brian Boyle was going to be in the Preds' plans. I really thought it was gonna be another type of player, but he fits that role. Now, on to the next, they still this. They're not done. We still have a few weeks until the trade deadline. So those people that are overreacting, is this all the Preds are gonna do? Oh, this is the big move. Well, okay. Hold that complaint until February 25th after the noon hour, please. Because if you're instantly reacting, thinking it's the only thing that's being done, then you're wrong. So the big thing for me is, is, is that there's more moves to be made. Now, this is a reminder to people. When you trade, it takes two to tango. Okay? You can't just 
all of a sudden think, well, they're going to offer this, and that means that they can trade. No, no, no. Two GMs have to agree for things to happen. So, yes, players may be available, and David Paul may be offering something, but it doesn't mean that other general manager has to accept the same thing in free agency, that you see these players sign for deals. Well, just because you offer money and everything, it does not mean the player has to sign there. It takes two parties to make things happen. So, David Paul has already said he's still on the phone, still answering phone calls, and I think that something else will happen. I mean, I really do, because they see a window right now. If you want to win the Cup with Pecorine in the net, you have to add a little bit more scoring power because they just don't have that right now in terms of depth. Brian Boyle addresses one need, which was that toughness factor, the special teams factor. Now you need to get someone that 5-on-5 five five is dangerous out there because teams are going to be prepared for the Jofa line. They know what Forsberg, Johansson, and Arvinson are going to bring. Well, who's going to scare them past that? You have to have somebody out there that is scary, yep. and they don't have that right now. Yeah. And, I, and Boyle, um, he's, he's obviously so good at what he does, and he made it a point to say... He's keeping his options open. He's continuing those phone calls. And but yet he's saying if it doesn't, if nothing else pans out, he's confident in his team. And I think that does that that makes such a big difference for the locker room, for the players to hear that. Yes, he's still exploring other options, but he's saying I will walk into the playoffs with this team and feel comfortable. So that's Mm -hmm. a good confidence boost for them as well, even though he's keeping keeping those phone lines open and the options open. And I think when he said that too, Jeremy K. Gover um, Preds Insiders uh, two hours ago said that's sending a message through the media to his team. That's saying that he's still confident in this team, that he's tr- trying to say, yeah, we need to make another move. He's saying he is confident. If something doesn't happen, he is confident with what's, with what's out there. Because if he says something else, well, yeah, because the what, team hear that, yeah. What does your team feel like yeah. if you're pushing, we have got to get this, we have to get this, we're going to fail right. without it, and exactly. you don't get it. Exactly. So, so it's a very good point yeah. made by Gover in saying that that's a message being sent through the media to the team saying, no matter what, I'm confident right now, could we still make additions? Absolutely, but I'm confident with that. That was not really something to say that, is he confident? I th- I'm, I'm sure he is. But you always want to make your team better. <laughs> that's just that's what you, that's the, his job is to make the team better to win a championship, and they, they are they're on the cusp right now of being a contender again. And when I say that on the cusp, it's because you have other teams that continue to get better, like Tampa Bay. Holy moly, their offense is so good, and then they have a great back in the deal with that Toronto with what they've already done, and they addressed it by by adding Muzzin. As well, and then you have Austin Matthews. You already is going to be there long term. Mitch Marner, John Tavares, they're set to be contenders for a while. And then you have other teams as well. They are continuing to make moves. Winnipeg, you got to go through Winnipeg now, unless someone randomly upsets Winnipeg in the first round. These two teams are going to meet in the second round again, and they were close last year. But you have to find ways to get past them. So it's about keeping up. And I think it was even it was Pierre LeBrun last week that said it was an arms race between Winnipeg and Nashville, and it really is. And Nashville pulled that move, and some Winnipeg fans are making fun of it and everything. Oh, is that all you got? Well, no, there's still a couple weeks left. Let's wait and see after the trade deadline to see how teams are stacking up uh, because I really do think that it, last season, if not for Paul Stastny being in Winnipeg, I think that could have been the game changer for Winnipeg winning that series was the addition of Stastny. So a lot more to discuss on here. We're going to talk more about this trade. We're going to talk more about the NWHL All-Star Game and the SECHC Championship happening this weekend. But up next, we're going to have Sean Shapiro with The Athletic to talk about the Dallas Stars, the Winter Classic, and the matchup again happening tomorrow night here in Smashville. You're listening to Penalty Box Radio here at Nashville's best sports talk, ESPN 1025 The Game. And we're back on Penalty Box Radio. Justin Bradford, Glenn Blackwell, Buck Rising Behind the Glass. And up next, we're going to talk Dallas Stars. We have Sean Shapiro. He is with The Athletic. And Sean, welcome to the show. Hello, Sean. Hello. Hey, how's it going, man? 
Good, how are you? Oh, doing all right. We're just dealing with some severe weather uh, down yeah, here. So. I, I heard that. Stay safe, man. Yeah, yeah, we're doing our best. So it's one of those things, too. I'm sure Dallas deals with a lot of this as well, random parts of the year. So it's not too much different. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so let's go ahead and get started. I mean, the, these two teams have faced each other and going back and forth, and the last time they faced each other was just last week, so I know the Predators are going to look for some retribution here, especially the game was so tight until the very end when Dallas was able to take it. So what about this Dallas team as they've gotten and had their ups and downs so much this season with like internal issues going on and performance on the ice and everything? Just what has been consistent about this team of late? Well, the biggest thing, and I think you guys in Nashville have seen it firsthand, um, is the goaltending. The uh, the Stars goaltending, Ben Bishop and Anton Hudobin, have been by far, in my view at least, and statistically, have been the best goalie tandem in the NHL. Uh, Hudobin ranks third in the league in save percentage and sixth in goals against average. Bishop ranks third in the league in goals against average and sixth in save percentage. So the goaltending has been the huge, uh, has been the big constant for Dallas, and obviously that goes into a big part of the defense being one of the top defensive teams in the league. The defense has been really good. And that, that's been, that's been the thing for the stars. They've been able to keep the puck out of the net. They've got goaltenders of when they've had off nights have made it easier on them. And that's allowed them to kind of be where they are, be in a playoff spot while they're still trying, while they've kind of spent the entire year trying to figure out the offensive consistency. Yeah, no, absolutely. And so let's look at the other end in the young side at Mira Heiskanen. I mean, He's been talked about so much, and he is a phenom, and it's exciting to watch him play. He's one, he's so fast as well. What has impressed you the most about his game being so young? I, I mean, I, the thing, I think the thing that's most impressive, I'm starting to run out of things to say about him. He's a guy <laughs> who, who I, we, I remember the first time we watched him live was, first time I watched him live was back when the Stars were at the Traverse City Prospects Tournament back up in, uh, up in Traverse City, Michigan, and you're watching him play against his peer age group, and you're watching him dominate those that his age group, and you're like, "Wow, this guy's this guy's really good." Well, can he can he do that in the NHL? And then first game in the NHL is like, "Wow, he can do this." It's just one of those where you keep he kept he keeps setting the bar, and he's kept setting the bar higher and higher, um, just with what he's able to do with his 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 his, his skating ability is is obviously the first thing that's going to stand out. The thing that impresses me most about Miro. And this is something that just be having being able to watch him every game is we think a lot about guys as they come into the NHL. The skills are there first, and they learn the details. His details are already there. He's their best. He's the stars. He's the stars' best best defensive player. He is the way he he plays a gap. The way he can does a stick lift right at the right time. The poke checks. All those little details that a 19 year old kid is not supposed to have. All that it's almost like a veteran savvy, like you expect a guy to pick it up through his career. That's already in his game. And that's the thing that's most impressive to me that I think you really only appreciate if you see a guy play all the time because his his speed is phenomenal and I'm sure you notice it when you when you watch him mm-hmm. um every so often, but when you really watch him every game you realize just all those little things that makes his team better and when the stars are on the ice, when he's on the ice for the team. Oh, absolutely. And now on the other side, Tyler Pitlick out with wrist surgery mm-hmm. for at least the next eight weeks. So who do you think is going to earn that spot going into the game tomorrow? I mean, especially the Predators are changing up their lineup, too. I mean, they're adding some more size and grit with, with Boyle McLeod, and obviously Boyle's probably going to play. So what are you seeing now in terms of how the, they're going to fill out the rest of the roster with him being out? Yeah, well, Pitlick had missed the last couple of games. We just kind of now recently got the kind of final news that he was going to be out, which looks like possibly for that range of the regular season. The, the big thing that this opens up and it, what it does, Pitlick's injury, um, 
really opens up a situation now where Dennis Gurionov and Rope Hints are, unless Dallas obviously makes a trade, which that's a whole other situation. But basically, with Pitlick's injury, Dennis Gurionov and Rope Hints are on this NHL roster for the rest of the season. Those are two guys who had really been really good in the AHL, looking for some consistency in the NHL. Two guys that bring a lot of speed to the lineup. Um, those are the two that really that, that really have an opportunity now to stick on this NHL roster. And uh, Gurionov, in particular, to me, is going to be fascinating because he's a guy who was a first-round pick, and because of because of who was drafted right after him, um, people thought he started using the word "bust" on him and everything like that. But I think he really has a chance to prove um, his his how much of an asset he is to the future of this team. And it really starts now with Pilot being out. And so we got to touch on this just because it's been one of those storylines. I mean, Dallas is at so much positive with the winter classic and all these other things going on. And then you, you were reporting on some of the drama that was going on internally with this team. Just what has been your overall take of this? Because there's so much has been talked about because there's kind of things that were sandwiched in between announcements with some of this drama, yet this team is still obviously battling in great playoff position. They've won five in a row. This team's obviously turned it around. So what is, what is your take on all of this situation? My biggest take in all of this, and I mean, we've been, what, five weeks now since obviously Jim Light's infamous comments that everyone I'm sure everyone in the hockey world has read. Um, the amazing thing to me is if you think about all of this that's been going on, I've talked to casual people who are casual sports fans in Dallas who they didn't realize when you hear this stuff, you think about it, you think Dallas must be a last-place team. If you hear them ripping their superstars, you hear them talking about a culture of mediocrity. When you hear all that stuff and, you're, and if you're not paying attention on a daily basis, you think this team must be in last place. This team's actually in a really good spot. They've got a... They've got a rookie head coach. They've got a situation where they've gone. They've used they've used thirteen different fence, thirteen different defensemen this year, and fourteen if you count Stephen Johns, who hasn't played a game yet this year. And this team's in third place, playing really good defensively and doing things. A team with this many injuries and this much turmoil is not supposed to be able to do. So it's kind of it's kind of interesting because the stars kind of brought all this attention on themselves. Mm-hmm. When there's a lot of positives here and. I mean, one of the main reasons you think about it, one of the reasons Dallas and Nashville are playing in the Winter Classic is obviously Nashville has that track record, and they have that track run. Of, they've been to the Stanley Cup Finals recently. They're a, they're, they're a big draw. They're a team the NHL. The NHL only picks teams to the Winter Classic they believe are trending upwards. And so obviously the NHL believes Dallas is trending upwards, and I think they are too. It's, it's, it's just every day I kind of think about it more, and you, you try and wrap your head around it completely. Um, <laughs> To, to try and figure out what exactly is going on here, but we could be—we're probably going to see playoff hockey here, and that, I think that should be considered a big accomplishment. No, no, absolutely, and I know people have been kind of waiting for for it to happen too yeah. down there in Dallas. Like, okay, we, we have the we have forwards, we have, we have this. Can we please make it happen? Uh, so mm-hmm. you kind of touched yeah. on it with the Winter Classic too. Just yeah. what does it mean for two Southern teams like this to be? Perf- to be playing in this in the upcoming Winter Classic, I know people always say, "Well, they can't have ice in the South." Well, they've done it in Southern California, they've done it in Vegas before too. It's it's not about that; it's about growing the game and everything. So, just what's your take on Dallas and Nashville? You touched on it a little bit there too, but I think this is going to be kind of an exciting, unique matchup, being divisional rivals. And now you're seeing a little more hate brew between these guys, and now they could end up playing in the playoffs. That's going to brew even more. Yeah, I mean, a playoff series between these two teams could be the best thing possible for the Winter Classic. That'd be real fun. I've always it's, it's something where I've always made the case actually where the Stars at this point really don't have a rival. I've always, my, I've always made the case that Stars have, have had a rival in the past, but 
to really have a rival, you have to have that playoff series, and you got to have that some person in the division. And so, if Nashville, Nashville, and Dallas sort of play in the playoffs, um, have some of this recent nastiness manifest into that, all of a sudden you actually have a rival. And I think Dallas and Nashville fit really well together. Very similar markets, teams that both grown the game. Um, and I think as far as the Winter Classics goes, this is just great for hockey. Um, just as far as growing the game, one thing this and. I don't know everything about the national situation, but I'd assume it's done similar things there in Dallas. Mm-hmm. One of the biggest impacts for me that the Stars have had is you look at there's, I believe it's now 10 rinks that they've built in the area since they've come to the league. And there's, there's and the amount of people that have come, the fact that there's players like Seth Jones who play, who grew up in Arlington, and there's Blake Coleman uh, who plays for the New mm-hmm. Jersey Devils. The fact that the, that there is now a hockey market in Dallas and that you can grow that and you can have more of an opportunity for people to see one of hockey's biggest events here, I think that's only going to help grow the game and get more people interested in, and particularly kids. Um, and I, I would assume that the Predators have had a similar impact in Nashville. You can obviously speak more to that, but this, this is great for the sport. It, if, you can, if you can show a commitment to growing the sport all around and put your big events like this, I, I don't see how it can go wrong. And I, and I, la- I know some people who from other markets may look at it and say, oh, well, are they going to be able to get – He'll fill it and everything like that. This is one of the biggest events on the sports calendar, and right. there's going to be people. There's going to be people who aren't even hockey fans in Dallas who are going to be fascinated to come out. And the other thing is, this is a college. This is a college football town. I know that, but it's a town where the Cotton Bowl for years was a January first staple, where people will go to the Cotton Bowl, and they haven't had the chance to actually go to the Cotton Bowl because um, since it moved to the Jerry World four or five years ago now, I think so. They're kind of bringing back the history of a big January 1st downtown sporting event. I, I think it's going to be real fun for both the hockey fans and hopefully create some new hockey fans who say, you know what, I'm, I'm interested in going back to Fair Park on January 1st. And Sean, I want to switch gears just a little bit over to your creative genius, your book, A Hundred Things Stars Fans Should Know and Do Before They Die. Um, I love the idea of this to expand fan bases' knowledge of the team, whether this is a team that they've been following since the beginning or it's a team that they just jumped on board with. So I kind of wanted to get a little behind the scenes from the conception of the book and like what ignited that desire for you to research all this and put this list together down on paper in a book. Well, it, it, it was kind of fun. it was a real fun process to do because I'm someone who I know the I've covered the stars in some shape or form now for about seven years now. Um, originally covered the AHL team before actually moved to the Dallas, and it was something to me where I always wanted to write a book. Actually, I didn't had no idea what it would ever be about, and I didn't even know it was hockey. It was just one of those things, just kind of one of those ideas you throw in the back of your mind. At some point, it'd be nice to write a book. Um, and so this was an idea that I talked to somebody from the publishing company, and there's a couple other hundred things books out there as well, but other NHL teams. And I thought it would be kind of cool just to kind of get all of these stories and this history kind of into one spot. And for me, one of the coolest things about this was being able to relive some of the stuff I've been through, go through some of the old history, and kind of create kind of a book that appeals. You can kind of read it to one of two ways. You can either be the new fan who's going to go through it, like you said, or you can be that old person, the person who's been the fan since, they came here in 93, and you can relive things. And to be able to do that was really fun. Um, took took longer than I expected. I've never written a book before, and that's quite an adventure. But definitely, it, w- it was really neat to put together. No, that that's awesome. And, and I mean, Sean, I'm, from one author to another, it's, it's stressful and everything. And the biggest thing for me I love is just looking at all my typos that made it to print <laughs> and that will live with me forever. <laughs> 
<laughs> yep, yeah, I know. I know exactly what you mean. There's ones where you, you flip through it sometimes, and you're like, like, how did I? How did I not catch uh-huh. that? And, <laughs> yep, yeah. That's exactly what you mean. I have six in mine, and so I always tell people, give them a high five, and they can spot all six of them when they read it first. So. <laughs> well, Sean, thank you so much for joining us. We really appreciate it, and I know we're, we're organizing a big group to come down to Dallas. I love Dallas. I love the town. I love the food and the, and the atmosphere down there, especially like Bishop Arts District, so I can't wait to bring everybody down there so they can experience your city. Yeah, well, we're looking forward to it, and uh, maybe uh, maybe we'll be uh, going back and forth in April. It's starting, starting to look like that. There we go. There we go. Well, Sean, thank you so much for your time. Have to have a good one. All right, folks. Sean Shapiro with The Athletic covering the Dallas Stars. He has such great coverage of that team. It is fantastic. Breaking so much news out of Dallas as well. So make sure you give him a follow. Sean Shapiro. That's his Twitter handle as well. So up next, we're going to talk NWHL and SECHC. Both coming up this weekend. A big weekend for hockey in Nashville. That's up next on Nashville's best sports talk, ESPN 1025 The Game. I got so much trouble on my mind. Refuse to lose. Here's your ticket. Here the drama get wicked. And welcome back to Penalty Box Radio, powered by E610 Athletes. Justin Bradford, Glenn Blackwell, Bruce Buck behind the glass. And uh, hey, we're alive. <laughs> we are here. We are alive. Yes, we are. We are talking hockey, and Glenn has some a little bit are. of a voice. Yeah. <laughs> Somebody get this lady some tea. Seriously. <laughs> what does a girl have to do around here to get some hot tea? I'm all over, Glenn. We, I got you, girl. Thank you, Buck. Hire more interns. Look at Buck being nice tonight. Tonight. Oh. Ooh, tonight. Just tonight? Just tonight. He's, I mean, every night. He's always nice, but he's a little sassy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Bring on the tea. <laughs> All right. Well, big weekend for hockey coming up in Nashville. Well, one, you have Predators playing Thursday night. Predators also playing at home Sunday morning, 1130 a.m. puck drop Sunday morning. They play in St. Louis the day before the NWH or the National Women's Hockey League, their all-star game in skills competition happening. So the skills competition sold out happening at Fordyce Center Saturday afternoon. The all-star game happening right after the Preds Blues on Sunday. The Southeastern Collegiate Hockey Conference Championship is also happening, happening yep. <laughs> Friday, Saturday, and Sunday at Fordyce Center. That's a lot of hockey going on in just a few different ranks. So 10 games for the SECHC tournament as well. But the NWH All-Star Game, folks, if you're looking for coverage of that, if you can't make it out, we have eight writers from Penalty Box Radio covering this tournament for you. From video to audio to stories and everything, the NWHL All-Star Game and Skills Competition is totally covered for you all at PenaltyBoxRadio.com. So be on the lookout for that. If you do not have tickets yet to that, they're still on sale. $25. And what's amazing is you're going to see some extremely, extremely awesome talent. Gold medal winners. Yeah. Sorry, I'm, I'm, I'm sitting next to a Canadian. Should I be rubbing that in? They've won a few gold medals themselves, so I can't really brag about anything. Uh, but you're seeing some of the best talent in hockey out there playing in the All-Star game. And it's just a lot of fun, too, and it's a great way to grow the game. So if you have a daughter that's always been interested, get them out to the rink. Yeah, That, that is the, the, the best way to see role models that before it's been, well, I mean, I look up to the dudes, but I can never be there. No, you can. You mm-hmm. can. You you bring them to these games and they see a, a woman on the ice flying down the ice like Kendall Coyne Schofield yeah. and saying, oh, I can get paid to play the game too. I can be a professional. Yes, you can. 
that's what's awesome about this event here too. And it's coming to Nashville. I mean, it's been in Pittsburgh, it's been in Minnesota mm-hmm. before. Now it's coming to Nashville. That's when you know they want to grow the game that much more when it's coming to a city like Nashville and saying there's demand for it in a city like that. They can host a great party. Let's bring the All Star Game to Nashville. Yeah, that's actually the point I was going to address too, because <laughs> you know, in Minnesota, um, after that, there were significant increases mm-hmm. in apparel sales and viewership, and so. Um, also in St. Paul, I mean, that led to the NWHL expanding to Minnesota for having the white cap. So it's like, it's such a room and opportunity for that growth. Um, and then also obviously for that connection with the younger skaters who maybe don't feel like they have a place on the ice. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know that the girls get so excited at events like that when they get to, to be face to face with these aspiring skaters and these aspiring players um, and get to show them that they do belong out there. Um, so it's something super, super excited about this. Oh, Lise yeah. Declan, I've actually met her before, and yeah. she actually let me wear her Pyeongchang oh. gold medal around my neck. Don't want to brag, but <laughs> I was a little proud of that. I'm surprised she trusted me with that, but it was yeah. like, I'm really, really excited about this. Oh, yeah. And then on the other side, you have Shannon Zavados. Yep. Won gold as well. With, with Team Canada. So you have some great talent out there that of women playing in the NWHL. So go out, support them, bring your kids. It's a great way to expose them to the game. And I believe it's general admission seating, so you can get pretty close to the ice if you're there early enough to, to do that. Yep. So and then on the other side of the weekend, we have 10 games happening in the SCCHC Championship. Yep, more growing the sport. More growing the sport. So colleges playing this. So you have eight SEC teams. You have Auburn. Arkansas, Florida, Georgia, Ole Miss, South Carolina, Tennessee, and Vanderbilt. I had to count my fingers to make sure I get all. I mean, I know I'm so the commissioner, many. but <laughs> I want to make sure I get them you all have right. A lot going on. Right now. <laughs> a few things going on, but that's all at Fort Dyson. The first game is at 1:15 p.m. on Friday afternoon, and then you have games in the afternoon and two evening games. Then games Saturday afternoon, all the way through the afternoon and into the evening. Then Sunday, if you're not able to make it to the Preds game or the NWH All Star game. You have the third place in the championship game taking place at Ford Ice Center. Lots, lots of hockey. And it's only $15 a day. So $15 for four games each on Friday and Saturday. And then $15 for the third and championship game on Sunday. Fast-paced action. These kids love to hit. They're playing for pride for their school, for themselves, for everything because they love their school. So I know there's plenty of fans from all eight of those schools in the Nashville area, right? I, I do believe there's plenty of fans in those schools, right, Glenn? Uh, just a little bit. Just a little bit here, here in the national area, yeah. <laughs> so coming out to Fort Ice Center, it's a great way to come and watch college hockey and support these kids. And I can I can tell you already, the atmosphere at Ford is going to be awesome because of what we have planned. It's going. We have T-shirts to give away. We have pucks to give away. We have so many different things to give away to make sure the fans are having a, a blast and a great time. I have seventy volunteers that are wow. giving their time to make this tournament great. So we're going to have advanced analytics for the teams. We're getting we're doing advanced stats. For this tournament, which is going to be absolutely awesome. We have post-game reports, pre-game reports, live coverage. If you can't make it, we're going to stream in a Penalty Box Radio Facebook. We have so many ways for you to be involved in hockey, and that's what I'm so excited about. I can't wait. You did a very good job of putting this whole thing together. Honestly, I mean, you're going to make it an absolute experience. It's going to be more than just going to watch a game, which is already fantastic. You're going to make it an entire experience, and that's that's what everybody wants. So it's going to be really, really good. I'm excited. That's what it's all about. So if you want to bring your kids out to that, too, we have stuff for them. Landry, the talking dog, she's been on this show before. She has. We're going to have her coloring books there, so you can have her coloring books. And they're so, so cute. So they're cute. so cute. I mean, you can color my face. 
in the coloring book, which uh, please send me a picture or, was, or don't. I was just about to say, please tweet all these at me, at Rebecca Glenn, because oh. I want to see them. Oh, you want to see them? Okay. Some of these they might not want you to see. Oh, no. But I want to see them. I want to see them. That's a great way. You. Yeah. Thank you, Glenn. <laughs> I appreciate that. But yeah, there's plenty of stuff for you to do as a hockey fan, because you can get right up on the glass. You're going to see these big hits happening right in front of you, and it's going to just be a fun atmosphere to come out and watch some college hockey. And I know all these kids are coming up Friday morning and afternoon to, to play, to represent their schools. And I know there's a lot of them that are from Middle Tennessee as well. They play their high school hockey here. So you're going to recognize a lot of these kids. That go out and support them. That's the best way to do it. So big time hockey happening this weekend, Middle Tennessee. Glenn, what are you going to be doing this weekend? Well, I am <laughs> going to be attending. I will be attending the All-Star Game. I'll be at the Preds game. Mm-hmm. I've got some work stuff, but I'm also just going to be saving my voice for that All-Star game. Oh, you having voice problems? Well, I, didn't, I no. couldn't even tell. No. Why would but, you say that? But could you tell that she I had voice judged. problems? I couldn't tell she had voice problems. I feel very judged. I mean, I haven't noticed anything. In fact, I'm I'm quite a fan of the, the raspiness, Clint. <laughs> That's actually Buck's way of saying he never listens to me. <laughs> <laughs> Why do you think I hate you? Wow. Like, this is like coming to life on the air. Wow. I, I don't know. Glenn I, I have, Glenn, I love you and your voice. I have all the love for you, Buck. Yeah, we're going to book around a jazz series now, too, aren't we? Oh. That raspiness of the voice. If you can't tell, even when there's tornadoes, we have fun here on Penalty Box Radio. <laughs> I'll be singing oh at goodness. Bourbon and Blues or whatever that's called. Oh, that means you're going to get paid. 2 a.m. Yeah. Have Good you jazz. guys heard how Patrick Mahomes sounds? The quarterback of the Kansas City Chiefs. I don't think I've ever heard him talk. Uh, I, do you have a clip? It's kind of reminiscent. Well, not quite, <laughs> but the throatiness reminds me a lot of Glenn. Oh, I did. Uh, I, I over I overthrew Tyreek, which I didn't know I didn't know was possible. So, uh, but uh, he 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 took off and he was gone. If I hit him in stride, it was a ninety nine yarder. Chiefs quarterback Tyreek Hill That's making fair. an appearance on Penalty Box Radio. Uh, oddly enough. I've almost got that throatiness. Yeah, you make uh, millions of dollars. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> We've gotten a little loopy here. Uh, oh. Since now we've been dealing with emergency broadcast system yeah, messages all night. Yeah, we're uh, But we're, we have more hockey to talk about. We have lots of questions. I know people are asking questions about the trade. Our thoughts on that. Is David Poyle done? What's What are we looking forward to most about NWHL All-Star Weekend? All that and more coming up next. Penalty Box Radio here in Nashville's best sports talk, ESPN 102.5 The Game. And welcome back to Penalty Box Radio, powered by E610 Athletes. Justin Bradford, Glenn Blackwell, trying to recover her voice. Producer Buck behind the glass, who apparently has beef with Glenn Blackwell. Apparently. <laughs> I think we resolved it. Okay, I'm going to out bad, Glenn. Yeah, in the tornadoes. Uh, the flash sh- floods. My show ends in 10, so I'll see you out there. <laughs> see, the voice gives her a whole nother level of threatening. Yeah, I'm a little scared now. <laughs> I'm a little scared. <laughs> I don't want that mess. <laughs> I don't either. Good luck. Spider Jack, it's all yours. <laughs> all right. Time to answer some Twitter questions. You guys loaded us up with them. Okay. This is from Cody H. Old Cody H. Self Block 303. Good dude. Does Boyle immediately jump into Power Play 1 or do they hope Jofa figures it out? You put him wherever you want to put him and just see what happens. That's, that's, that's what, what I, I say. say. I say figure out what that body looks like in front of the net. Yep. Get that situated. And if that's the case and it works, yeah. Yeah. You you do whatever it takes. I, uh, right now when it comes to special units, special teams units, mm-hmm. mix it up. Blow it up. Is, yeah. Go nuclear and try everything. And that's one of his strengths. <laughs> that's why you got him. So 
Seriously. Go for it. Yeah. Seriously. And what I would hope too is that Boyle is in front of the net and then all of a sudden Forsberg or Arvidsson has the puck and go, Oh, I can't even see the goaltender. This is awesome. I can shoot. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I'm really it's hoping happens. Concept. It's gonna have six six two forty five. Yeah. He almost weighs as much as me, but he's a pro athlete. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm a e- big dude. I'm excited to see this. Me too. Just pouring down rain again. Yep. Okay, Madam Monday. What are you most looking forward to during this weekend's NWHL All Star Skills Skills Competition in Game Glen? Um, I get back to back hockey on Sunday at Bridgestone Arena. Back to back competitive hockey. We got to watch um, NWHL games when we travel to Boston. Love, love, love the energy they bring. So I'm excited to get to see that in person again. But especially coming off, you know, that game starting right after a Preds game, it's like. That's fantastic. Well, what I'm looking forward to most is seeing after this game happens and hearing stories of someone bringing their five or six year old daughter that maybe has never skated before, but has been to games and all of a sudden saying, dad, I want to do that. Yep. Mom, I want to do that. That's what I'm looking forward to hearing those stories. The most is the influence it's going to have on young ones that can have more role models in their lives to go out and play the game. Because it's it's gonna I mean it's gonna happen. We're going to have more and more players coming from Nashville. It takes generations for this thing to happen. I mean, look at Southern California, Southern Florida, Dallas, and how long ho- professional hockey's been in those areas. It takes a while, but eventually you're gonna start producing top end talent that is going on competing in the Olympics, playing major junior hockey, playing AHL hockey more, playing D one hockey in college, playing in the NHL. It takes time, but it's gonna grow, and you have to start somewhere. And this is where you start too, as the five or six year old to where. 12 years from now, 14 years from now, their big influence was, well, I went to the NWHL All-Star Game and got to got to meet a future idol. That's that's what I'm excited about, is how these stories are going to help develop future hockey players and fans in this. All right, this is Jordan Widener. Do you think Poy will make any more moves? If so, what do you think he's going to try to go for? We, we have a few people ask this question because it's a very popular question. Oh, I don't think Poyle's done. I think there's more to it because he knows there's more of a that needs more things that need to be addressed. And especially because Kyle Turris has not had the most healthy season. So who knows if, you know, another hit could re-aggravate an injury or something like that too. Uh, really need to see this team healthy. This team has not been healthy since October. Yeah. That's insane. October. So you, yeah. So you really don't know what yeah. you're working with yeah. as a whole yeah. at this moment right now. So You had Arvidsson I, miss 30 games. Yeah. Forsberg missed five weeks. Subban missed a bunch. Turris has been sandwiched in between healthy areas. Yep. So it's it's been. I'm curious to see what's going to be addressed there because for the long haul, for a deep run, they have to address more needs. So I, I do not think they're done. I think another winger. And speaking of wingers, in terms of handedness, Spider Jack gave us these stats right here. Did you know in the National Predators they have 11 right-handed shots and only three? But then you add in. Well, I'm not really going to count McLeod, but you, Brian Boyle is a left-handed shot. Mm. Adds another yeah. another quality right there, too, when you're setting up plays. Because you've seen it so many times that the puck might find a player, and if they're in the right-handed spot, they could fire off a one-timer. But a lot of times they can't because they're in the wrong hand. just happens so so often right there, too. Okay. Another one. Savage Steve, will, what will Tolvin's number be when he gets called up uh, to be a black ace now that Brian Boyle has number 11? Well, it'll not be number 11. <laughs> Brian <laughs> Boyle has I number can, 11. Now. I can tell you it's going to be another number besides that. Yeah. And it's okay. Brian Boyle gets gets that priority because he's on the roster. He's on the NHL roster. So and now we have Gustav Nyquist as a left-handed shot. I don't know now. 
I don't I don't know if that's going to be in there, but I do think I he do. Was your, he was your want. Yeah, right? yeah he's yeah. one of my wants, I, I think, as well. And he could add a little bit more to that. But I would I would prefer to see the Preds go bigger. Mm. Much like I'm talking Mark Stone. Yeah, that's what I'm talking. I'm talking Mick. Panarin, which is good. You have to give up a lot for a rental like that, too. You do. But Nyquist, if I would say Nyquist, if you're just giving up a first for Nyquist, I'd be OK with that. Mm-hmm. And that's so, the thing, though, when you give away something big for a rental, I mean, when you're getting a rental, you're yeah. wanting to win the Stanley Cup exactly. this year. So that's the whole point of that. Yeah. It gives them yeah. a chance to win the Stanley Cup as well. OK, will Zach Ronaldo ever lace them up again as a pred? That's what Sean Tidwell asks. I really don't know. I don't know about that. So good luck to him in his recovery, though, because that's it's tough to have season ending, ending surgery. Gosh, yeah. I can't get that word out. Okay. This is Cam Gumpy. In your opinion, are the trades made today to fix the bottom six injury departures or done in place of a big-time trade like Simmons? I kind of would almost think Simmons would be off the table now because Brian Boyle kind of addresses that need of being the big guy in front. So that that's my call on that. I would say they're going to be going more now for a scoring winger more than anything else, Glenn. Yeah. And I mean, I think that they, they came in to fix, like I said, specific problems, but I don't know if it's in place of, you know, bringing in, obviously he's still looking right. for that next edition. Right. So. Susan Burrow asks, well, what does Poyle have left to even trade? Reasonable trade. Those first round picks still on the table mm-hmm. this year, next year. Yep. Uh, you even have the rights to Dante Fabro. And I think for certain things, it would have to be something big that Tolvanen could be there. And I'm talking trade and sign. I don't think Tolvanen should be in play for a rental. I really don't. Um, in this, it depends on the rental. And I'm, you said reasonable trade in here. So reasonably, I don't think Tolvanen should be in there for a rental like that. If it's the kind of thing to where, okay, there's a rental player, and this rental player is going to sign a two-year deal, mm-hmm. then I'm okay with that because then you have two and a couple months of years yeah. left. And that goes that beyond player. just a rental for three months. Right. It's not just <laughs> to fill out the season. That. Yeah. But there, there really isn't much in terms of actual assets. Yeah. I mean, you, it's all going to be package deals. It's hard to have a one for one unless, mm-hmm. you know, Poyle is not value, valuing Fiala as high as more people are because I know a lot of people in Nashville don't value Fiala like mm-hmm. the, the rest of the league does. So yeah. it's interesting there, too, to see what the take would be as well. But I, I do think the first round picks would be in play. And I think it's OK for them to be in play because, again, this is the window for the Predators to win a Stanley Cup. Mm-hmm. And you're mortgaging the future, and that's just what happens. You're getting rid of draft picks. But if it helps your team win, and look how competitive this Predators team overall has been, even before the Cup run, they went to seven games with San Jose, right? They learned from that. So they've been really competitive now for multiple years. Since Peter Laviolette came here, they've been extremely competitive. They've elevated it to another level. Now it's getting past that other hump of that, oh, well, lost the Stanley Cup final, uh, won the President's Trophy, and couldn't get it done past that. Now you learn from those things and what happens next. So this, you're mortgaging the future, but you're still building a very competitive team that has a lot of good long-term contracts on this team as well. So see where they go from there. Okay. Let's see what else. Uh, Tanker Yanker asked, do you think Ottawa's Mark Stone is on GMT, GMDP's radar? I think Mark Stone's on everyone's, everyone's radar. Yeah. I was going to say, I'm pretty <laughs> sure that the thoughts are spinning. Phone calls might have been made. Now, if it turns into anything... Who's to say? Right. But I think that everybody's watching him, yeah, it, which is why he's going to have a high price tag. And, and I think it's going to be funny, too, if the trade deadline passes. You know you're going to see the comments of, well, why didn't Poyle call about this one? 
How do you know who he did and didn't call? Exactly. What, what, As you, if he's going to run around and tell everybody. Have you cloned everybody. his phone? <laughs> is that what you, are you spy now and you know who he's called and who he hasn't called yeah. or taken calls from? This is not the video game. You don't just scroll through Blackberries on NHL, you know, 14 and know who's calling you and who's not calling you. God, Poyle. <laughs> oh, OMG, Poyle. What are you Jeez. doing? Tina, eat your tots. <laughs> Well, that's that's just not what it's like. I mean, you don't know. He's feeling general manager David Poole, every general manager in this league is fielding so many phone calls this time of year, especially yeah. that there's so much just, hey, is this person available? Oh, maybe I don't know what you got. And it's clearly he's going to stay tight lipped. He's not going to open his mouth and tell everybody. Cards. No, he's, he's not like some other general managers. And the thing is to remember that the, it was the Subban Weber thing started at the draft before. Mm, They're just kind of yeah. casually talking. So whenever I'm out there tweeting at the draft and I'm there, it's like, oh, so-and-so's talking up oh, just a cookie. Who knows what that cookie could you be in the future? Yep. Yep. <laughs> you just you just never tell at the draft. So talks are always happening. Everybody is aware of everyone in this league. David Paul has not been a general manager, the the, the, the most winningest general manager in the NHL for, for not good reason. Yeah. I mean, he's been around. He knows. Yep. Everybody's on his radar. So I'm curious to see what happens in the next couple of weeks. I'm excited to see what happens this weekend here in Nashville with hockey and all the coverage you want for Preds, NWHL, SECHC, you know, PenaltyBoxRadio.com gives you a great opportunity for that. We even have we have media that came in from on Ontario for this, from, from Ottawa. The Varsity Journal is coming mm-hmm. in for the SECHC tournament. That's awesome. Yep. For college that hockey in the South. volumes. These volumes. So they're going to take in the, the hockey game tomorrow night, too, when the Preds take on Dallas. So... Thank you so much for tuning in. Stay safe out there, folks. This is Justin Bradford for Producer Buck and Glenn Blackwell. Thanks for tuning in to Penalty Box Radio here on Nashville's Best Sports Talk, ESPN 1025 The Game.